If you have your Bibles this morning, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, last week, I'm going to recap a little bit of last week. We looked and studied about the Apostle Paul. He was in Ephesus, making a journey, know that he was heading back to Jerusalem. And he told those people, you're not going to see me anymore. And so he parted ways with them. He continued on his journey. We, we studied this in Acts chapter 21. And when he gets to Caesarea, these people through the Spirit, it says it told him, don't go to Jerusalem. But yet he went. He was led by the Spirit. We know that he was beaten. He was arrested. Eventually it took him to Rome where he was headed. It took a couple years for that to happen. But that, that confounded me because I said through the Spirit they told him not to go. So I got to looking at it and I said, well, this is the thing. Through the Spirit they saw what was going to happen, but then the flesh kicked in. and said, Paul, we love you. Don't go because that's not going to be good. And so he tells them, why are you crying? Why are you making me cry? Because I have a calling. And not only am I willing to go and be bound in Jerusalem, I'm ready to go die. For Christ Jesus, no matter what. You see, the difference in, in having this, this spirit leading and spirit calling is called con, something called conviction. We talk about things that we face and things that we deal with. People get saved and they can't figure out why they can't give up this or that or the other thing. And it takes that conviction of the Holy Spirit to get us to that place. He's the one that helps us to be set free. It was the conviction of the Holy Spirit that made Paul go on about the business that he had to do to get beat up. He was beat up, not only by the people in the crowd, then he started getting beat by the Romans, and then he said, wait a minute, I'm a Roman citizen. You haven't even tried me. Why are you beating me? Oh, they quit. They got scared for their lives. And so we're talking about the move of the Spirit and the work of the Spirit again this week because it's the work that he does. Everybody say it with me. It's the work that he does. It's the work that he does. We have an opportunity to serve every day. We serve the Lord. We have an opportunity to serve in this church, to serve this community coming up in a few weeks. There are those that are serving down there from all over the state this weekend, staying up all night, got a good work Monday morning, and have been up all night Friday night and all night Saturday night with these rambunctious, energetic kids, been in the altars praying with them, been giving them uh, word of a night, finding out about testimonies of th something that's happened, they are serving the Lord. And it makes a difference. Okay? Boy, I, this is going to be tight. <clears throat> I've got a report here from the state of Virginia. We went to a to a class last week, state had, wanted us to go. Matter of fact, they were very adamant about it. People that's in leadership positions in churches, not just pastors, but those that are youth leaders and children's pastors and any of the ministries within the church. They had something for us. In the state of Virginia, there are 92 churches in Kogo, Church of God of Prophecy. 92. 
Church membership information. Two churches in the state of Virginia have five or less members. Nine churches have six to ten members. We've just covered like three rows right here. Ten churches have 11 to 15 members. Sixteen churches, I mean eight churches have 16 to 20 members. Ten churches have 21 to 25 members. Eleven churches have 26 to 30 members. Forty-two churches have 31 or more members in them. Some of these churches 25 years ago had a lot of people in them. Something happened. What was it? Loss of first love. Probably a very good answer. Now this is to edify, okay? Get, get this. Sometimes when my daddy would whip my tail when I didn't do what he told me to do, he was edifying me. He was training me something, okay? So let's, let's, let's look at it from that point of view. That's right. That's what he always said. And I understand what he said now that I have children. 34 churches have had no salvation experiences in the last year. Zero people got saved in church services in the last year. 34 out of 92, that's one-third, almost one-third of the churches in the state of Virginia, there's been no salvation experiences. 56 churches have not taken in any new members in the last year. That's why we got this, folks. It's serious business. You've been called on by God because you're hearing it this morning to do something. I pray that you do for your blessings and that the blessings of God can flow. 59 churches have had no sanctification experiences and 62 churches out of 92 have had nobody to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now what we're going to read this morning, we're going to find out, I want you to take your minds and no matter what you have been taught from the day you were born to this very moment, I ask that the Lord will help you to get to that place that you clear your mind and be able to receive what he has. That's the difference in you walking away from the faith. That's the difference in your children walking away from the faith. That's the difference in what's going to happen with your family. Amen? This is going to be uplifting, trust me, it is. It is uplifting. I'm going to read from the NIV this morning. Will that be okay? Thank you. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. King James says ignorant. Same difference. Uninformed that you don't know any better about what is going on. He is talking to the Corinthian church and he feels that he needs to cover this with them because they have gone amiss. Something's going on with the church there in Corinth. And therefore, by the leading of the Spirit, Paul has to go in and do this teaching. Now, there's probably some Spirit-filled people who might have been leaders or something in the church or maybe had prominent positions in the church that might have stood against uh, Pastor Paul. But yet, through the Spirit, he had to bring the message that the Lord gave him. Amen? All right. 
You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. He's taken us to a place that because every one of us, before we received salvation, we were pagans, we were heathens. We were Gentiles, it talks about. They weren't of the faith. Do you understand what I'm talking about, church? And there was something in each and every person's life that they worshipped. Dumb idols. See, we got a God that talks to us. Amen. How many of you know God talks to you? Oh, he'll speak to you. You don't want to, you say, well, I ain't never heard him speak. Well, I'm going to give you a hint. Take your Bible out, sit on your porch one day, and just start reading out loud. You will hear the word of God spoken. Amen? <laughs> what goes out of here comes into here. It's a pretty good thing. Sometimes you need to do that to get it, for it to get inside of your spirit. But he said, when you were pagan, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by these demonic spirits. Anything that's not of God is from the devil. So even though when you weren't saved, when you didn't know Jesus, something was leading you. And you allowed that to happen. Now he's going to change gears for us and he's doing a likening to so we can get it. He said, therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So he's taken it and he's changed it and he said, guess what? If you have the Holy Spirit living in you, then there's no way that you're going to say that Jesus is cursed. And you won't be able to say, you will not say, that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. That's the only way that we can do that. And so he's, he's taken this church somewhere. You see, when you got saved, you believed. And how did you get saved? Because the Holy Spirit was knocking on your heart's door. And you answered the call. You had a choice to make. I'm not going to do it. I am going to do it. You had a choice. And yet, whenever you got saved... You've got the Spirit of God living in you. But, he said, I must go away. Jesus said, I must go away so that the Helper can come. It was said also in the Bible that you will be baptized with fire, the Holy Ghost. Something that we need in order to walk this life. So there's an infinite act that's happening here. We remember Simon the sorcerer. I think it might be in Acts chapter 8. This just in. Don't remember. I don't know. It's somewhere there. Brother Willie can help me. He was saved. And yet, he wanted this power that Peter brought. Peter brought this and said, you know, it wasn't what Peter did. It's what God did. But he was the vessel that he used to tell these people, to lay hands on these people, that they received the Holy Ghost. He said, oh, I want this. Why? Because he'd been making money on people doing sorcery things. Sleight of hand, tricks. He was saved. That's what the Bible says. He was saved. And Peter said, no, I perceive that there's evil in your heart. And therefore, you can't buy this. He wanted to buy it. He said, how much? How much? How much for me to get this? It's not for sale. Because it's a gift. You see, Jesus Christ went to the cross as the gift for us. God 
gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe that verse? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the Holy Spirit helping you to raise your hand. That's easy to do in a room full of people that we know. It's a different thing when we're in a room of people we don't know, a room of people that are unbelievers. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. That's the work that he does. He gives us that boldness. But Jesus came to take care of our sins. He became sin for us. Salvation is a gift. It cannot be earned. Neither can the Holy Ghost. Because he is a gift in and of himself. The gift of the Holy Spirit. But yet he has gifts that he gives. So we're going to read about those. We're going to go a little bit further. Let me say one more thing about this. Notice what it says here. Nobody, it, he refers to what he does as to, let me read that. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and no man can say Jesus, say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. What's he talking about? He's not talking about dumb idols. He's talking about Jesus. So when the Holy Ghost comes, he doesn't come to make you stand out. He doesn't come to make the preacher stand out. He comes to testify of Jesus. That's the proof right there. He does not bring attention to himself. Aunt Martha, she gets laid out in the ghost over here, in the Holy Ghost, and her dress flies over her head. That wasn't the Holy Ghost because he will not do disorder. You don't need people with blankets running and covering people up. You don't need hind catchers to catch people whenever the Spirit of God comes on them. Can you explain to me how a child can get thrown from a tornado house that has been totally destroyed and yet God saved that child and it's four or five hundred yards away from the home laying there with just mud on it and not a scratch on it. So the Holy Ghost can do these things and he doesn't do it without, with disorder and yet he will always testify of Jesus, the one we were singing to this morning, the one we were singing about this morning. Amen. Let's give him praise. That's what he will do. When it becomes about you or me or did I kill this thing, Jeff? I must have did. There we go. Is that better? I clapped and knocked it sideways. He will always testify of Jesus, period. All attention will always go to the Lord. If it becomes about a man or it comes about a group of people or a group of churches, can I tell you this this morning? It ain't of God. Now, folks, I'm giving you truth out of the Bible. And I'm going to give you truth out of the Bible as best I can. This is edifying. This is uplifting. Why? Because you have the opportunity to worship the Lord. You have the opportunity to pray to Him. You have the opportunity to read your Bible. You have all these opportunities to serve, but that's what we're fixing to cover. Verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Now, we got these gifts that we're going to go to that's, uh, that's listed here, 
but there are different kinds of gifts. Not everybody has the same gift, yet God can impart to you as He needs, when He needs, if you are a willing vessel to use whatever He wants. Okay? But yet, I think, this is Ken thinking, that he gives to those whom he wants. So you have a gift that you have that needs to be developed that goes along with the Bible. Anything outside of what the Bible shows is wrong. It came from hell. It came from the devil. And it may have be dressed up as a religious thing, but it came from somewhere other than the Spirit of God. So there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but of the same Lord. You see, coming to church is not serving God. Coming to church is getting fed. Coming to church is getting lifted up. Coming to church is receiving correction. Coming to church is not serving God. I got a few of you missed. Uh, uh, amen in this. Coming to church is more, I mean, is not just. That's not serving God. That's coming to receive. That's coming to receive from the Lord. That's coming to get with a bunch of brothers and sisters and, and be led by the Spirit to maybe pray for someone. So there are different kinds of service. And there are different kinds of working. But all of them are in everyone. All of them are in, and in everyone is the same God at work. You see, some people have been given talents that will help to take that gift that God has given. Playing the guitar is not a gift, not, not one of the spiritual gifts, but that's a talent that he's given you. Did I read that right? Different manifestations of the Spirit. There's different working, and then it says, now each one is the, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. These different things come in. That's a talent that God has given you. You choose to play or not. Who does it hurt? Who, what's God going to do? He's looking for us. He will use us in spite of us if we will allow him. But make no mistake about it. He does not need us. He's got plenty of people that will do for him. That will say, here I am. I'll do what you have, Lord. I'll go where you want me to go. Sometimes that is a bad road to get on. But it's to go so that he can be glorified. It's so that the church can be edified. It's so that you can be edified. Man, we've gone through some things in the last three years that it wasn't fun and it wasn't comfortable. But looking back, I know God was growing something. You understand what I'm talking about this morning? So, you choose not to play, then don't play. But what you're doing is you're stopping God from working through you. You choose not to sing, don't sing. You are a prayer warrior. Somebody in here is a prayer warrior. Maybe a bunch of you are prayer warriors. I'm talking about the ones that come in and, and nobody sees what a prayer warrior does. They don't see them here at 8 o'clock in the morning praying for the service today. They don't see them when they're at their home, maybe sitting under an oak tree because they have been called to be a prayer warrior. They get no glory because it's not about them receiving glory. It's about him receiving the glory. And so, but it says, now the manifestation, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. What He gives is going to be for everybody. 
Oh, man, sister so-and-so was getting such a blessing over here. Maybe she was running the aisles or whatever. She was dancing in place. That's good. I'm glad sister so-and-so is. But what about this man here that's got something that he needs some chains broken on? We need the spirit to do that. He can, she can get that at home. I'm not saying that don't have it at church. I'm saying but if that can happen in your prayer time. You can pray, and sometimes if you'll let loose and let the Lord have control, you can pray in another, an unknown tongue. And nobody has to know about that. I'm not saying that it don't need to be known about. What I'm saying is, is if that's the thing that has to float your boat to make you go, it has to be about the Lord. And the Holy Ghost will not be involved in anything that takes away from the glory of Jesus. It will always be for the common good of the people. The people of the church. The body of believers. It will always be to edify. Sometimes that edifying is a good, warm, fuzzy feeling, and sometimes that edification is correction. He does that. Amen. Is that in the Bible? Am I talking Bible this morning? Anybody? Come on. Let's go. I need to hear from you. If you want it, he'll give it to you, and he'll work through me. I can shut up, and we can go home. Either way. I want him to work because I don't want us walking in the same ruts that we get in. Okay? So here we go. Let's go. I'm going to hit these real quick. To one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Now these are some, this is not talking about your IQ or how many PhDs you have hanging on your wall. The Spirit can work through a very intelligent man. And the Spirit can work through a, an uneducated person, a little child maybe. Maybe someone who might be mentally challenged. Do you think they don't get there? Can you tell me that the Lord cannot work through them? He used a donkey one time, didn't he? I remember you did that in the Christmas play. So he can do what he wants with a willing vessel. Are we willing to serve him and to let him work through us because we're going somewhere in a minute. It's not about their knowledge. It's not about these things. And it's not about saying, well, I need to know more of the Bible. It has nothing to do with that. You receive Jesus today and never read a word in the Bible and you get killed before you get home. Heaven's going to be your home. It's not about how much you know. It's about who you know. Because when it becomes about how much you know, what you know, what you get done, what you, well, you hear all those yous coming out. We're not talking about female sheep. It's all about you. It's all about you, what you can do. You can do, you can. No, now it's something that's earned, but it says in the Bible that it's a gift. If it's earned, then it's a salary. You're deserving of it. We're deserving of nothing from the Lord. He gives us a gift. So we can have this this, this idea, we can have this thing of word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Can I tell you this? When we get on the wisdom subject, and then I'll get off, everything that says is wisdom is not always God wisdom. Getting out of a boat and walking across water is not wisdom of the human mind. What about the two ladies that wanted to fight over the baby? They went to Solomon, and he said, all right, let's cut it in half and give you each one. Now, that's wisdom. And the one who was the true mother said, well, you can have him. That was the kind of wisdom that came out. That's godly wisdom, godly knowledge. How did Peter know? Except by the spirit that Ananias and Sapphira were lying to him. You remember them? Acts chapter 4. 
Oh, we sold this big chunk of land for $80,000, and man, we just brought you seventy-five to the church. We brought every bit of it to you. It didn't matter how much. The fact was you lied. And so Peter, led by the Spirit, says, Is that really true? Is that what it was? Yes, that was it. You just killed yourself. And they took him out and they buried him. And then his wife came and she wanted to know where her husband was. And he said, well, the feet of the men that just buried him is at the door. Now, what that land you sold for that you came in and lied about, did you really give it for $75,000 did you do eighty? It's not about money. He owns all the money. Everything belongs to him. Oh, yeah, that's true. Bam, she's dead. Drop dead anointing right there. Do we want drop dead anointing? We need to want it because that's what the early church did. They turned the world upside down. How in the world did he take a bunch of dumb fishermen and turn this world upside down? The only way it could happen is they were baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. They had boldness. They had the word coming inside of them. They were able to have this knowledge come in. They were able to put it together. It wasn't what they were doing. It was what he was doing. They were just willing vessels. Are you a willing vessel? We see these numbers that I pointed out this morning and I'm going to tell you what the problem is. The problem is, is there's no spirit. We are watered down and taken away the power of what the spirit is and what he does. What's going on in these churches, it ain't because pastor such and such has gone on to glory. It's because that the people that are still sitting there are not letting the Lord work. They don't believe in the manifestations of the spirit because if they did, they would have conviction. I've got three amens. But I am going to give it to you. What the truth is. What the Lord has given to us. To another. Faith by the same spirit. And to another gifts of healing. By the one, by the one spirit. Faith is that kind of faith that moves mountains. At that moment when somebody comes and they pray with you. And they impart to you something God gave them that builds your faith. It's not your saving faith. It's not the faith that you believe there. It's something bigger than that. And that's a gift. To, the, to some, the gift of healing. We look at the gift of healing. It's a right now moment for God. I foresee that, the, that these apostles walked around and people was always wanting healing, but not everybody might not have got healing because it wasn't God's will. But yet it was something that was imparted to somebody. I remember a Sunday night when Sweetie had been having all these seizures, 50-some seizures a day, and we'd been praying, we'd been seeking God, we'd gotten saved, we're trying to do what's right, we're trying to follow the Lord, trying to learn more and more about Him. People at Duke University said, that's your life, get used to it. Some of the best doctors in the world. But yes, Brother Murphy, sometime one night, he said, you know what, Sandy, I feel like we need to pray for you. And that was a prompting in spirits of people because people got up on that Sunday night service and they laid hands and they prayed. It wasn't what they did, but it was being submitted to the Lord and she hasn't had any sense. You got to me too late to tell me this stuff is not real. And it's not just the healing, it's all of it. By the same Spirit, it's all of it. Everything that's listed, we don't, we don't take out, we don't add to. It's what is listed in the Word. To another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing spirits, to another speaking in different tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. A word of prophecy. It's when the preacher preaches, 
or when the teacher teaches or when the friend sits down and you have a one-on-one and you know it's a God moment because it pricks your heart to the good or to the bad, either way. And you know that was God. I can't read minds. I don't desire to read minds. But the Holy Spirit knows what each and every person needs in here today. He knows what you're facing. He knows what's got you down. He knows all about it. And if we will trust in his work, I can't impart that to you. And I'm going to tell you what, there's not a man walking on this earth that can impart anything to you from that. You might as well get that straight down pat. There's not a man walking on this earth that can impart these things to you. It has to be with you and the Lord. Because then whenever it's done, you give him the glory. You don't give this guy the glory or that guy the glory or this group of people the glory or that group of people the glory. No, it's all about him. Always, always. I remember we went to the Brooklyn Tabernacle last year. Had some things I was been praying over, and I didn't fill out anything. Didn't fill out no card of who I was, where I was from, whether I was a pastor or not a pastor. Didn't put none of this in. And yet when they had an altar call, they got the people to come up to be prayed for. And there was a guy that came and started praying with me. And I'm going to tell you, he read me like a book. Not only, I hadn't asked anything, but he was given answers to what God had been trying to place in my heart. I wasn't sure, is this really God or is this not God? You see what I'm talking about? That's what we need right here from you. Let the Lord use you. You don't have to come and drive a stake in the ground out here and put a, put a, put a, put a screw in a piece of wood while I work for the Lord. Yeah, that's good. We need that. We've got to have that. But what about if you have a word for somebody at the altar? Maybe as you're out eating someday or you're sitting outside or whatever, you have a word for somebody that they know it came from God. There's no way it came from your mind. You know what I'm talking about? I prayed with a girl up here during revival. Sister Casey can come up and do, do the thing. I said, okay. I didn't know what I was going to say. I just got up. And I prayed with the girl on the altar. Been praying. She'd been praying. And the Lord said, give this to her. And I said, why are you here? Not at church. Why are you at this altar? I don't know. Did something lead you here or what? You got family members and friends gathered around? I don't know. I said, but you got to know. You have to receive something for Jesus. This is not for grandma and your friends and all these people gathered around you. This is about your relationship with the Lord. You either receive from him or you don't. Do you know why you're here? Now, that's straight word, ain't it? And that's hard. Oh, you can't give that. They won't come back. Well, guess what? If they're lost, they got to hear those kinds of words. Sometimes it is a straightforward word that has to come from the Lord. Amen? Anybody here know what I'm talking about? You ever got a straight word from the Lord? I have. And so we have to be willing and have that boldness to walk in that place. To follow what he's doing. We want spirit led. It's not about running the aisles and swinging from the chandeliers. No, the spirit of the Lord helps this young girl to get rid of something maybe that's holding her back. From her growth with the Lord. And it's from the love that comes out of us through the spirit. We don't have that love for Jesus except by the spirit. And we'll always point it back to Jesus. Always, manifestations or discerning of spirits. 
three spirits. There's a spirit from God. There's a spirit from the devil. You know what I'm talking about? Back up in verse one when or verse two when you were pagans or heathens, you followed something. And then there's the human. God told me this. This is what we should do. This is where we're going. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't have that in my spirit. We're not there. So I'm going to really pray. I'm going to pray about it. I want to make sure we're doing what God wants. But I don't have release in my spirit for it. So that must have been out of my mind. That's something we have to take care of. We have to watch ourselves. We don't let our minds rule us. We can know scripture. Man, I've got some scripture in my mind. I've got a Bible here. I've been putting the scripture in there. And yet with my mind, I can go somewhere that the Spirit of God don't want to go. So he gives us another gift, a discerning spirit. To know if it is of God, if he's, le- if he's the one that's leading us. Amen? Because we can get into a bad place if we're not careful. So why are so many churches dying and going away? Because it's become a social club. A conversion that is made by man will not last. A friendship. We've got this friendship. This is going good. Well, then what's going to happen? The devil's going to come in. He's going to drive a wedge. But it's those conversions that happen by the Spirit. And those that are willing to grow in the Spirit, they last. They have conviction about the vision that God has given them. And they just keep on trudging along. I'm going to get beat. That's okay. I'm going to keep on trudging along. They're not going to like, well, I'm going to keep on trudging along. That's what you do when you're led by the Spirit, when you're Spirit-filled. We don't have to copy other people. You know why? Because you're unique. You were made by God Almighty, the creator of this world. Do you believe he's the creator of the world? Do you believe he's God Almighty? Let's see your hands. Because you're falling asleep. I know this. I'm not a good orator. I get that. But it is what it is. He'll drag you to places you don't want to go. He'll come in like a thief. He'll try to take you to places that you don't need to go. These gifts, folks, are not earned. They are gifts. They're given. I'm going to ask you this morning, have you ever asked the Lord to show you what your gift is? Because you have one. Brother, you've got a gift. God's put a gift in you. Now it's time we grow and nurture it. Let the Lord nurture it. Let Him take us down paths that may not be comfortable to us, but we go down those paths so that what happens? He gets the glory. Period. Oh, I was praying one night and such and such come up and prayed with me or I don't even know who it was. It was just a voice and, and yet, you know, and I just melted. That's what happened that night. She just melted. She gave her heart to Jesus. She just melted. No big booms, no big fancy words. It was just a simple question. Why are you here? And you can receive if you want. If you don't want, you won't. 
You never have to be afraid to follow the leading of the Spirit, folks. If you're afraid of following the leading of the Spirit, then it's still about you. Because He'll never lead you to somewhere bad. He'll never lead you somewhere that He won't take care of you. He'll never lead you on a pathway that is for your destruction. He will lead you on a pathway that will be for your growth. Always. We have to follow Him. Control freaks, they can't be led by the Spirit. Because the very idea of being led means that you give your will up to follow someone else's. You know what I'm saying? Boys on a football team are good players, but they don't want to listen to the coach. Oh, that old man don't know anything. Yeah, that's why they go five and five in a season, because they didn't listen to the old man. They couldn't live, give up their spirit. But what else works? How many of you got a job? How many of you had a job? It's going to be every hand. Eventually, we're going to get there. At some point, your will had to go out the door so you could bring a paycheck home. I hate this place. I don't like that guy. Yeah, but you keep going. Why? You got to put food on the table. And you got to pay your tithes to do your serving so that God's work can go on. <laughs> I don't preach for money. Go down to verse 31, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to quit and read the first part of it. Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. There's not one. Oh, people say, well, guess what? You know, that's not here anymore. That's not in the Bible anymore. This gift, speaking in tongues thing, that's not in the Bible anymore. What's that for? That's so that they can make their own thing. It does, they don't feel comfortable with the Spirit. They'll take you to the very next chapter in chapter 13, the love chapter, and they got a few verses on the end of it there, and they say, well, when the more perfect thing, what's the more perfect thing? The more perfect thing is Jesus. It's all about Him. And nothing in the Bible, you show me where it says in the Bible that it ended in good plain English, not because this verb means this, and we'll, you know, you can spend something. Show me in the Bible where it says that it's not there anymore. It's not usable anymore. That went away back in the apostles. You know, that was just to get it started. Well, guess what? We need to be praying to God that it gets started again because we need to see people getting saved in the churches. (laughs) Nothing in the Bible says that's not so. So if you'll stand to your feet this morning, I want to ask you this morning, and I'm going to lump it all into one. Those who have been filled with the Spirit. This is not about you, by the way, when you walk up here. This is about giving Him glory. 